What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our Water's Edge online worship experience. Last week we had an amazing 16 year celebration. Thank you so very much for tuning in and participating with us. For those of you that continue to like and share these online messages with your circle of influence, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. For those of you that continue to worship with us through generosity and giving online, maybe by meeting our new $10 challenge, thank you so much for doing that. Continue to do that. You allow us to help more people, love more people, feed more people, and serve more people. Our next food pantry is coming up at the end of this month, and we expect to feed about 2,000 people on that day. We've been also offering a cooling shelter, a cooling center shelter for the homeless every single day this summer, all because of you and your generosity. So thank you so so, so, so very much for doing that. Today, we begin a brand new series, and it's a series that you guys voted on, and this series is called Beware of Dog. And we all know what that sign means. If you trespass and come on my property, there may be consequences. But this is what this series is about. It's about healing. It's about forgiveness. It's about recovering from a broken heart to the point where we can set healthy boundaries. Healing, forgiveness from a broken heart, to the point where we can set healthy boundaries and we can offer people grace. And so this is going to be free therapy. So let's just jump right on to, in, into it. you got to understand something, that God loves people. And Jesus died for people, and that means all people. And God created you and I. And so as people in his image, you got to understand that you and I are the very prize of God's creation. Out of everything that God created, he loves his people the most. And so God is patient with us because God loves us the most out of his creation. God loves people. God gives grace to us, his people. God gives compassion to us, his people. God gives patience and mercy to us, his people. And God gives second chances to us as his people. But people, and that includes you and I, are deeply messed up and we are deeply, deeply broken. And people can go through seasons in our life and we can experience circumstances in our life. And sometimes as we go through these seasons, our anger can can control us and our revenge can control us and our impatience can control us and our pride and our selfishness can control us. And then at times we also have other people in our life, whether it's family or friends or co-workers, our circle of influence and those people in our life, they can also be controlled during difficult times and seasons by their anger, by their revenge, by their pride and by their selfishness. And so because of that, I want you to remember this today. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. And notice this. We mistreat each other because that's usually easier than restraining the most selfish parts of who we are. Or we could say it this way. When we as imperfect people have other people in our life that are not perfect, sometimes that can be a big mess. Sometimes it can turn into a big broken mess because none of us are perfect. And sometimes we all give in to the worst parts of who we are. We hurt each other because that's easier to do than the right thing. Whenever more than one person is involved in anything, there's always a high chance and a high possibility of tension, drama, division, heartache, stress, and pain. Several years ago, I remember one Sunday night, I was getting in my truck and I was going to come up to Bible study. And so as I got into my truck, I went to start it and it stalled just a little bit. I didn't pay much attention to it because right after that, it started right up and I started thinking, man, I hope my battery's not going bad, but that's probably all it is. So I drove all the way to church. I came to Bible study when it was over. I got in my truck. I started my truck. It started right up. And then I drove to Walgreens to get some milk. When I got out of Walgreens, I went into the store. When I came back out, I tried to start it. It stalled for just a second. I stopped and then it started right back up. I 
I didn't think anything of it. And then the very next morning, I got up around 530 in the morning to go to the gym and work out before I brought Jagger to school that morning. And so when I get to my truck, I go, I start it, it starts right up. I go to the gym, I go inside the gym, I come out, and when I go to start my truck, it barely cranks. I barely get it going. I drive all the way back home. We get ready to go to school. I get in my truck, and it doesn't crank. It doesn't start at all. So I finally get it started after several tries. I get Jagger to school. I get all the way to the dealership. I drive straight from the school to the dealership to find out what's wrong. And this is what happened when I went to the dealership. The guys who was working on my truck, they would be standing there by me and I would try to show them that it's not cranking. They would all be watching. I would turn the truck key and it would crank right on up. No problem. So they would try to crank it up. It would start. No problem. Then they would all walk away. I don't know what's wrong with your truck, Mr. Bork. It seems fine. They would all walk away. I would try to start it. It wouldn't start at all. So I would call them back over and say, hey, it's doing it now. It's not starting. So they would try to crank it, crank right up. We don't, well, it seems to be working fine, Mr. Bork. All the workers would walk away. I would try to crank it up. It wouldn't crank at all. I would call them back over. Hey, look, it's not working. They would try to crank it up right there in front of me, and it would start right back up. And I started thinking, are you kidding me? This is just like being in conflict with someone. It's so inconsistent. This is what I mean. When I needed it to work, it didn't work. And when I needed it to not work so I could identify the problem, it would work. It was so inconsistent. So basically it was frustrating because there was this major problem and my truck wasn't being consistent at all. When I needed my truck to work so I could get up and go, it wouldn't work. But then when I needed it not to work so I could show the people what was going on so they could fix it, it would work. And so it was very, very inconsistent. And have you ever been in a painful relationship type of conflict that was just like that? And, and when I say just like that, this is what I mean. And maybe some of you are going to recognize this pattern and notice this today. The relationship is just not consistent. When you need some peace in your life, there's usually more unexpected conflict than peace. And then when you try to address the conflict, they'll give you brief moments of peace. So you'll forget about the pain and the conflict very, very temporarily. Not only do people do that to you, but you and I also do that to the other people in our life. Again, we have anger in our life. We have revenge in our life. We have resentment in our life. We have bitterness in our life. We have impatience in our life. We have selfishness in our life. And many times we're not consistent with how we deal with those battles and with those struggles in our life. Many times we're not consistent. We deal with anger one way and then we deal with it another way. We deal with our revenge in one way and then we deal with it in another way. We deal with our selfishness and our bitterness. Sometimes we do good with it and sometimes we just completely fail. It's like we're not consistent. People hurt people. And when we as people fail to be consistent and reliable with our grace, with our love, with our forgiveness, with our kindness, with our mercy, and with how we respond to and control our anger, resentment, jealousy, bitterness and selfishness then we as people cause pain in the hearts and the lives of other people now here's the question I want you to think about how do I recover from someone hurting me how do I recover from someone devastating me and breaking my heart to the point how can I recover from heartbreak to the point where I can learn how to love and forgive and show grace again and also to the point to where I can learn how to set healthy boundaries in my life to where I stop this from happening again from the same people. So I've been hurt. I've been devastated. How can I heal? 
How can I recover? How can I love again? Show forgiveness again? How can I not retaliate like they did in my anger, but to the point where I set healthy boundaries? This question is very close to me because just like many of you, we've all had to live this out in our personal lives many times over and over again. And anytime someone else causes us pain and then we're dealing with the issues of forgiveness or vendetta or revenge or anger or bitterness or selfishness or getting them back or patience or whatever it is, is I found that in my life right away there's this fine line that I walk this very fine line that I walk and this is what it looks like for me and this is probably what it looks like for most of us and notice this today I want to offer grace but I also want to protect and practice my self-respect I want to forgive but I also don't want to be taken advantage of I want to love but I also need distance from people who drain me and exhaust me now just being honest with you I've always found that's a very difficult line for me to walk, especially when my emotions are involved because my emotions can go crazy. And when our emotions are involved, it's because many times we don't have clarity because someone else has hurt us. That's what gets our emotions involved. We don't have clarity because someone else has hurt our heart. And when someone else hurts us, what emotions do we usually feel right away? Humility? No, not usually. Usually it's pride right away. Do we feel patience right away when someone hurts us? No. No, we feel defensive right away. Do we feel love right away when someone hurts us? No, we feel resentment right away. Do we feel forgiveness right away when someone hurts us? No, right away we feel this urge for retaliation. And so anytime you and I are in a situation with someone else who has hurt us, there's always this dilemma to figure out. I want to be humble. I want to be like Jesus. I want to love. I want to be a patient person. I want to be a forgiving person. But I don't want them to think it's okay to cross this line again. I want to heal. I want to recover. I want to practice godly and Christ-like forgiveness and love, but I don't want them to think that they can keep hurting me and crossing this line over and over and over again. So I need to be humble like Christ. I need to let this pain go, but I also need enough distance between them and me so I can heal, and I need enough distance between them and me so I can make sure I set clear boundaries and lines so they don't hurt me again and get me into the same emotional struggle and get me to the same emotional temptation again of getting them back in retaliation. And honestly, most of the time, right after we have this painful event at the hands of someone else, because we're so emotional, sometimes we can find the strength to practice forgiveness. And then at other times, we just let pride get the best of us. And the easiest thing in the world to do is to not forgive. The easiest thing when someone else hurts us in the world to do is to mistreat them right back. Because after all, who would blame us? When our strongest emotions are involved after someone hurts us, who would blame us to get them back? Our loudest friends tell us it's okay, get them back. And our loudest, most hurt emotions tell us it's okay, get them back. No one will blame you. This is why we say we mistreat each other because that's usually easier than doing the right thing and not giving in to the most selfish parts of who we are. And so today we're in this brand new series. And in this series each week, I want to cover a different step. So we're going to cover four steps to setting healthy boundaries so we can love again and forgive again so we can recover from heartbreak. Four different steps. I'm not going to give you every single step each week. Today we're going to start with the first one. So if you want the other ones, you're going to have to come back. But today we're going to have the first one. Now, 
In the New Testament, the missionary Paul writes a letter like we talked about last week to a group of believers in the city called Colossae. It's called the letter of Colossians. And in this place, among these Jesus followers, there was these people that were extremely greedy. And they had hurt several people in this church of Jesus followers. They had ripped them off. They had stolen their resources. They had deceived them. So naturally, these people were bitter and angry because they had been taken advantage of. And notice how the missionary Paul tells them how to react because of their faith in Christ. Notice how he tells them to proceed forward and to heal from heartbreak and to heal from these desires of revenge and hurt so they can have healthy boundaries and so they can offer forgiveness and love again. Notice what he says in Colossians chapter 3 starting in verse 8. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your own sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature, be renewed as you learn, and know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free— Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Since God shows you to be his holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Make allowance for each other's faults, and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds all this together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule your hearts, for as members of one body you're all called to live in peace and always be thankful. Now you got to understand something. Anytime we read a passage like that in the scriptures, we don't just need to know what it means, but we also need to know what it means for us and for our personal lives right now here today. You don't just need me to explain these verses to you and what Paul was trying to say. What we need to understand and figure out is what it meant then and what it means for us right now here today in our personal life. Not so we can just learn the Bible, but so we can learn how to live the Bible. And that's what it means to be a disciple. And so this is the best and the most simplest way I could explain this passage in the clearest way that we can understand it and notice this today. The best time to deal with your feelings and desires to retaliate is right now. Don't put it off. That's why the missionary says, now is the time to get rid of your anger. Now is the time to get rid of your bitterness. Now is the time to get rid of your desires for malice and revenge. Get rid of them right now. And notice this. And stop responding to the hurt that other people have caused you like you used to before you developed a relationship with Jesus. That's what he means when he says don't lie to each other because you've stripped off that old life. Now you have a new way of life. You have a new way of looking at life because Jesus has given you a new life. And so don't respond the way you used to respond to the heartache. Don't respond the way you used to respond to the hurt. Don't respond the way you used to respond to the anger. Notice this. You also cannot expect God to forgive you if you don't forgive the 
those who hurt you. Jesus is their God too. Jesus loves the people who hurt you just like he loves you when you mess up. That's what Paul says. It doesn't matter if you're Jew, if you're a Gentile, if you're a barbaric, if you're uncivilized. It doesn't matter if you're male, if you're female. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is Christ and Christ loves everyone and Christ pursues everyone and Christ wants to be all of our God and he wants to forgive everyone. That's what matters. We move on. God's people are called to something higher, a life of consistent humility, peace with all people, patience, kindness, and forgiveness. We understand that people have faults because we have our own, and so we forgive others because God has forgiven us. People ask me all the time, Tony, how? How do I forgive? How do I let this go? How do I get past this pain? How do I get past this heartache? How do I deal with this overwhelming desire to get them back and pay back? Well, the short answer is this. Practice consistent humility. Practice consistent humility. Every single day when we wake up, we should pray, Lord, help me be as humble as possible today. And here's a great way to understand and remember what humility is and how to apply it. C.S. Lewis defined humility in this way. And notice this. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is just thinking of yourself less. Let me say that again. It's not you thinking less of yourself. It's just you thinking of yourself less. We usually have a hard time forgiving because we're extremely self-centered but true freedom happens when we can humble ourselves and practice a life of servanthood serving Christ and serving other people but just because you love and forgive someone else that doesn't mean that you have to let them close to you again that doesn't mean that you have to let them violate you again that doesn't mean that you have to let them break and cross lines again and break your heart again and violate your soul again you don't have to be close to them again now understanding all of that let me give you a few things to take home with you today because if you're really going to heal, not only do you need to practice forgiveness, but you need to heal to the point where you can put distance between you and those people who hurt you, where you can set clear boundaries so they don't hurt you again. And that's perfectly okay. Understanding all that, I want to give you a few pointers today. The first one is this. If you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. When you set a boundary with another person, you will be misunderstood. And this is why. Setting a boundary is like drawing a line around certain areas of your life. Some people you can let inside of that line because they give you life and they don't take life from you. But some people have hurt you over and over again and they take too much life from you. And so you have to push them on the outside of the line. You can forgive them from a distance and you can love them from a distance, but you can't let them inside of that line anymore because anytime you let them close enough, they're just going to cross the line and they're just going to hurt you again. So you have to create space and distance so they can see that they can't cannot cross those lines. Now, most people on the opposite side of this will take this as you rejecting them, but you have to understand that doesn't matter. The reason why they feel that way is because they're selfish and they're trying to manipulate you. So you got to understand, even though they may take it as rejection, it's not rejection. It's just a healthy boundary that's necessary for the recovery of your heart.
heart and soul. The next thought is this. You will struggle with setting boundaries if you struggle with your self-worth. Remember, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. But you were created in God's image and God loves you and God did not create you to be a doormat and God did not create you to be a victim and God didn't create you to get walked all over. No one deserves to be treated with disrespect. Have some respect for yourself. Set a boundary. Draw a circle around your life. Those people can get up to that circle, but you can't let them get inside the circle because they will hurt you again and again and again. Love them from outside the circle. The next is this. You have to be consistent. When you set a boundary with someone else, stick to your guns. Drawing a line will do nothing in your life if you let them cross that line over and over again. No, when you draw a line, when you set a boundary, stick to it because if you don't, it'll be that much harder to set a new boundary if you let them break this current one. And so be consistent. Be consistent. And then the last one is this. Know your limits with other people. And this is really the heart of it today. This is the first and the main step that I want to share with you in this series. And this is why. Not only does humility tell us to forgive and love those who hurt us, but humility also tells us to evaluate to a point and admit that I also have limits that I can't handle. And it's okay to admit that. That if I keep letting these people close to me, they're going to keep doing things that bring me past my limits. And if they bring me past my limits in my mind, in my emotions, in my stress levels, in my faith, in my heart, if they bring me past my limits, then I'm going to get weak and then I'm going to give in to my anger and my bitterness and my selfishness and my revenge. And so remember this today. Knowing your limits is so key to setting a boundary. So remember this. Setting boundaries is essential to love and forgiveness because revenge and unforgiveness is what usually comes rushing out of us when we let someone take us up to and pass our limits. Now, if you're wondering this, how do I get a handle on my hurt from other people in my life? How do I get a handle on my pain from other people in my life? How do I get a handle on my bitterness and my resentment and my anger created by other people in my life? Well, this is it. This is the first step that you have to take to get a handle on all of this and to start to heal from heartbreak and to start to set healthy boundaries. The first thing you need to know is this. If you're ready for it, say I'm ready. Know your limits. Know your limits with people. And the moment you start to recognize that they're bringing you up to that line, then create space, set boundaries, love them from a distance, Forgive them from a distance. Love doesn't mean that you have to let people take you over the line. Love doesn't mean that you have to let people take you past your limits in your mind and in your stress and in your emotions. Love is this. We love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and then we love our neighbor as ourself. But we have to take care of ourself if we ever want to love God properly and love other people properly. And taking care of yourself starts with this, setting boundaries by knowing your limits because the moment you recognize your limits you can set a boundary and you can stop people from crossing those lines over and over again and then the next thing you know you're going to get a handle on your anger you're going to get a handle on your heartache you're going to get a handle on your desires to get people back and bitterness and revenge because now you're starting to heal because now you're not letting them cross those lines in your life any longer 
Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We absolutely love you all. Stay tuned for an amazing time of worship with the Water's Edge Band and we cannot wait to see you back next week.